intensity, the spirit and power and emotion with which you translate your communication. Intensity gives power to vocabulary. Words are just words, but here's what's powerful. Words loaded with emotion. See, that's what's powerful. You say, is the word powerful? Yes, the, the word's powerful, but the emotion is so much more powerful. It's different reading the word bastard in the dictionary and have somebody call you one. If a word is a word, say no, a word just isn't a word. It all depends, right? It depends, depends. So, emotion is like, if I took a little straight pin, right? Guy buys a shirt, it's got all these pins in it, right? You got to take out all these pins. If I took one of these little straight pins and I threw it at you, and it hit you in the face or the hands, you'd feel it, this little straight pin. But what if I took that little straight pin and wired it to the end of an iron bar about this long? See, and I let you have it with that, I could drive the pin through your heart. So the little pin is the words and the iron bar is the emotions that give the words power, that gives the words weight, that makes it strike the consciousness. And your words can become so powerful, it can strike somebody's consciousness and they say, oh, wow, now I know what I did wrong. Now I understand the difficulty. Now I can see. And words can become that powerful that they strike the heart, they strike the mind, they strike the consciousness so that somebody can see. So since words are that powerful mixed with emotion, here's what's important. Next line, learn to measure your emotions. Because if you don't do that, you can do more damage than good. Words not only give life, words kill. With words, you can kill someone's incentive. You can kill someone's dignity. You can either give life or take life by the words you use. So you've got to be very careful now with this emotional power. You've got to use it very wisely. Well-chosen words, yes. But now we need measured emotion and well-chosen words. But words loaded with emotion, it's so powerful, but you've got to measure it. Too much firepower destroys the opportunity. We say we don't shoot a cannon at a rabbit. That's too much firepower. It's effective, but you've got no more rabbit. One of my colleagues years ago said, you should have been there, Jim Rohn, and listened to my talk. He said, I blew them all away. I said, oh no, where are they now? Blew them all away? That's too much. We don't, you don't need to blow everybody away. We're talking now about being effective. Here's the key, enough emotion. Now the men have to work on enough and probably the, the female side has to work on a bit of restraint. The men, a bit more, enough, and the women, not too much. And we all have to measure that, whether it's in our business, whether it's in sales, or whether it's speaking to a child, enough but not too much. Isn't this interesting stuff? I mean, this, you can't believe what a little bit of course on this stuff will do in helping you to sense some things you didn't sense before, see some things you didn't see before, and pick up some signals you never picked up before by just paying attention. Now your effectiveness multiplies by two, by three, by five, by 10. It's, it's fabulous, this is fabulous stuff. Now, what is the intensity? It's the blend of all your emotions and all your experiences that have affected you. The key is to keep and store those so that they're handy and near the surface. Because here's the next key now in having a conversation. Number one, identification. If you have available to you all of your experiences close at hand, now you can identify with someone. Here's what identification means. Making yourself real to someone else. 
hopefully in the very beginning. If a man talks to a man, that's a pretty easy identification. If a man talks to a woman, a lot more difficult. If we're the same, if we're sort of the same, it's a lot easier to identify. Here's what identification means, building a bridge between you and someone else. But now how does a, an adult 40 relate to a child of 12? That's a long bridge from 40 to 12. How would you do that to get a child's attention? How would you do that to build a bridge so you could have a, a good conversation? Here's one of the keys, remember when you were 12. Now they can't remember 40, but you can remember 12. So you got to identify. I remember when I was 12. Really? Sure. So you just got to go back and see if you can't pick up the threads of your own experience so that you can now relate to somebody that's 12, a teenager. Man and woman, totally opposite. But if I've been lost and you've ever been lost, if we talked about that, I'll bet that would identify. Have you ever been lost? And, and she says, yeah, I remember being lost. I, said, I remember when I was lost. Now we've got something in common. We're opposites in terms of sex, but now we've got an experience that's in common that helps to build a bridge. If I've got children and you've got children, even though I'm a father and you're a mother, but at least if we have children, we have something in common. Little things you can think of that helps to build a bridge fairly quickly between you and someone so that you have a better chance now to communicate well. We call this simply identification. Next. Key to good communication is learn to attack the problem, but not the person. This is an art. Too often we attack the person that is so closely identified with the problem that the key is to attack the problem. We expect the doctor not to attack the patient, but we expect the doctor to attack the disease, to attack the problem, to make the operation successful, save the patient, destroy the disease, destroy the diseased organ. So you can't be reckless here now going after the problem when it seems like you're going after the person. You've got to be like a surgeon. This is important stuff here because a lot of people really get destroyed here by not being careful like a surgeon. Matters of the heart are delicate. You can't operate on the heart with a hatchet. If you were about to go under for the heart operation and you heard the doctor say, hand me the hatchet, you'd come awake. Say, no, what do you mean? We're talking about my heart here. No, and some people go after matters of the heart with a hatchet. Too severe, they're not careful enough to handle the problem, to go after the problem. But the key is to save the patient. And this is why you have to use this language even with your children. I love you, but I hate what's happening. I don't hate you. And if you learn to deal with your kids that way, they'll appreciate what you hate as long as they know what you love and what you hate. And sometimes you just got to say it. You got to make it clear. I don't hate you, but I hate what's going on. I hate what I see. I hate what's happening. I don't feel good about it. I feel good about you, but not about it. See, if you make it clear, that kind of communication is so useful. It is so powerful. Now, here's one of the best ways to attack a problem, and that's to confess you've got it or that you've had it. Say, Mary, the reason I'm talking to you about this is I'm telling you I've been through it. And I made some wrong decisions. Let, let me tell you what it carved out of my life that I'll never get back. One of the best illustrations is to use yourself. Say, John, I want you out of this ditch because I remember when I was in the ditch and stayed a little too long. You can't imagine what it cost me to keep putting off the decision, keep putting off the decision. I'm telling you, I've got some regret, a little bit regret till this day. Don't let that happen to you. 
Use yourself. One of the best illustrations is yourself. If you're getting on somebody's case, say, hey, I remember somebody got on my case and saved the day. If that person hadn't come along, got on my case, told it like it was, give it to me straight, I'm telling you, I'd have been lost, I'd have been gone, wouldn't be here to talk to you. So listen to me from my own experience. See, that kind of communication is so valuable. Now, here's another way to attack a problem. Use an illustration of a person that isn't there. So let me tell you about John, Joe. John said, oh, well, oh, well, sure enough. I'm telling you, he regrets to this day his oh, well attitude. And if John was here, he'd tell you himself. But since he isn't here, let me tell you about John. If John was here, he would plead with you with tears in his eyes. See, that third party, first you confess your own sins, the mistakes you made, what you went through to help someone. Then you use an, a third party, another illustration for someone that isn't there, instead of direct. Then when there's no hope left, you can use the direct attack. Here's what we call this, tools of last resort. They are useful, but you've got to be very careful using tools of last resort. Here's the first one, a direct attack, you. No illustration, no third party, you. See, you got it. now you got to be very careful when you go direct because now confrontation is always difficult. It can be so helpful. It can save the day. It can rescue somebody from disaster, but you've got to know what you're doing when you go for the direct attack. Because now you may destroy your chances forever to get back into a conversation with a person if you destroy it this time. You got to do it. You got to do it strong and you got to do the direct attack, but you got to do it in such a way that the door is still open in this communication effort. Somebody walks in late and you say, where have you been? See, that's loaded. That's loaded with insinuation. And yes, finally, it might be time to use it. Finally, there isn't any other way and you got to resort to it. But you got to be careful of these tools of last resort. Don't use them up front. Only use them as a last resort. One important phrase. Here it is, and it applies in so many ways. So jot it down. If it is not necessary to change, it is necessary not to change. If it is not necessary to use strong language, it's necessary not to use strong language. If it's not necessary to scold, then it's necessary not to scold. You can't just use it because you're good at it. Or just because, you know, something flared up and you just let it fly. You can only use it because it's absolutely necessary. And if it is not necessary to scold, it is necessary not to scold. Tools of last resort. So, is this coming through? This communication stuff, I'm telling you, it's so valuable. 